Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Does it make you motivated to read your Bible? Does smoking weed make you want to do the things of God? Or does it make you want to eat nacho cheese Doritos and sit on the couch and play video games? Does it make you lazy? Does it make you... So again, we're not talking medicinal, we're talking recreational. There are, there are people that say, um, I could smoke weed. God said I'm okay, I'm okay with it. I just have a hard time wondering why thousands of testimonies of people getting delivered from marijuana, why God would deliver one person from marijuana, but then allow you to, to do marijuana. So I, again, why is God delivering people of, mar- of marijuana addiction and then telling you it's okay to, to smoke weed? So I think weed is a no-go. I think sin is missing the mark. And I think if you smoke weed that you are sinning, you're missing the mark. It's not God's desire for you. It's not God's plan for you. So I would say no on the marijuana. Man, my little chat's glitching out here, of course. I would say no on the marijuana because, again, it's just putting you under the influence of something you don't want to be under the influence of. All right, someone said, how did you know when your calling was? Again, guys, if you have questions, uh, just put them in the chat and I'll answer them as best I can. Okay, we're not doing the pets go to heaven again. I already gave my take on that. How did you know when your calling was? So for me, I knew my calling pretty much the night I got saved. This is not for everyone. Not every single person gets exactly what God's called them to do in their life the second that they get saved. But for me, the night I got saved was the night God told me I've called you to preach the gospel to the nations. And so I knew I'd been called to preach the gospel. Now, that wasn't to say that God told me you're going to do this this year. You're going to do this this year. That was my general calling was I was going to be a preacher. Now, we also have a general calling in scripture, and that's to all of us should be sharing the good news. We should all do the work of the evangelist. We should all be casting out demons. We should all be laying hands on the sick. We should all be preaching. We should all be discipling. We should all be baptizing people. What the disciples did in scripture, we should all be doing. Okay, I'm not saying you have to cast a demon out of every person. I'm not saying you have to pray for a person, a miracle for every single person or get on a chair everywhere you go. But these are things like sharing your faith should be something we all do when presented an opportunity or when God opens the door or when we have the chance to. Okay, if somebody has a demon, we should be able to pray that demon and, and command it to leave them. If somebody's sick in body, we should have the boldness or the Holy Spirit in us to lay hands on the sick. Again, these are the general callings of Christians. If I'm a Christian, a follower of Christ, a when they looked at the disciples said, those are followers of Jesus, and I'm saying I'm an ambassador of God, which scripture says, I'm a Christ representative on the earth. If these are the things Jesus did, John 14, 12, the same things I will do, you shall do, and even greater now that I go to the Father, then I can do these things as well. If Jesus said I can do them, I can do them. Things Jesus said I can do, I'm going to step out and do them. So that's the general calling. And then I believe we also all have a specific calling, which is like my specific calling right now is to be putting out live stream content, reaching this generation with the gospel via social media and internet. Uh, Five years ago, my calling was pastoring a church and traveling and preaching and seeing revival and doing that. That was, it's a different time. So when God changed my calling or redirected me, God was there saying, okay, this is what I want you to do. It was clear and I was able to, to do what God was telling me to do. So keep your ear open for what God would say to you. When God wants to tell you that he's like changing your calling or redirecting you, uh, he'll make a way to do that and he'll make it very, very clear. You don't have to stress out. Don't stress out like, I don't know what God wants me to do. I don't know my calling. There's no reason to stress. Just continue to follow God, continue to follow the Holy Spirit and God's gonna work everything out for you. Um, Just pursue him. We have this stress of like, I don't know what God wants me to do and I don't know what God's calling me to do. And I'm here to tell you, do not stress out about it. God will make it very, very clear to you. 
uh, in his time. All right, someone said, I've been hurt by the church. Oh, man, you're not the only one. Man, my chat is just, give me one second. Let me finish this comment. I'm going to have to make my chat huge here because it's just acting up. It's acting up. I'll put it right in front of my face and make my chat huge. That's what we're going to have to do. All right, praise the Lord. We're going to make it work. All these technical difficulties. We are. Oh, that's actually not going to work because that's going to be way too big. I'm going to move this over here. Oh, how are we going to do this? Give me one second, guys. Devil is a liar. My chat is just not letting me fully see it. Okay, got it fixed. How do I deal with church hurt? I've been hurt by the church. Well, the first thing to do to deal with church hurt is you need to forgive the person that hurt you. Colossians chapter 3 talks about bearing each other and forgiving one another. If you have a grievance against someone, forgive them as the Lord forgave you. That's Colossians chapter 3. So if God has called you or God has forgiven you, which he has, then you are also called to forgive other people. Why? Because God's forgiven me. So if I've been hurt by the church, a pastor, a leader, like today is the day to forgive. Right now is the day to un to let that unforgiveness go in your heart, to remove the bitterness, remove the unforgiveness. Yeah, I should have done slow mode commission. I didn't think of it before, but now it's going to take me a second to edit the broadcast. And so I'm just going to roll with it. It's actually my restream chat that's messing me up. So you need to forgive number one. And the reason why I would say church hurt is so common is because we expect perfection from Christians. Okay, so the reason why church hurt feels extra bad is because we expect perfection from Christians. But here's what you need to realize and might help you get over church hurt. The church is filled with imperfect people. Remember, you are imperfect. You are imperfect. So the same grace God, I'm preaching to somebody, God has given you, you need to extend to that person that's hurt you and wounded you. We cannot expect perfection from anyone. So church hurt is worse when you expect your pastor or your leader to be perfect or him to be some person that never sins or is never going to hurt you. The only person that's never going to sin against you is God. Okay. That's the only person I could look to. That's not going to hurt me and wound me and sin against me is God. I don't look at people as perfection. So we think of like church people as they'll never hurt us. Now people at the mall, think about this people at the mall, people at work, people at school. We always think those people will hurt us, but not people in the church. But here's the thing. The same people at the mall at work and at school are the people that fill our churches. Okay, so we, again, we can't expect perfection. Expecting the church to be perfect is like expecting everyone at the gym to be in shape. It's just not, you do not go to the gym and expect, oh, I'm offended because that guy's overweight at the gym. I'm offended because that lady's overweight. No, that's the, that's why they're there. So we're not, I'm not offended at the imperfect people in the church. We're all there because we're imperfect and we're trying to get better. So in the same way, I wouldn't go to the gym expecting everyone to be in shape. I'm not going to the gym expecting everyone to be perfect. And if you remove that perfection expectation, which I'm pretty sure I just made that word up, then you're not going to be so wounded when you're hurt. Okay, so forgive and then remove expectations and give out grace. If you look at like Matthew 16, the Bible says that people sin against you, forgive them as the heavenly father forgave you. This is Jesus. He says, if you don't forgive others of their sins, your father will not forgive you of your sins. So we need forgiveness is massive. This is why I'm taking time on it. Church hurt is massive. It's very common, but we need to learn to forgive. Forgiveness is always about choice. I'm preaching, okay? If I if I'm if I'm talking, I'm going to give you guys advice here, okay? If I'm answering a question still, don't spam the chat with questions. Wait until I finish a question, then ask me another question just cuz you guys are all spamming questions down, but I'm I'm trying to answer the one about church hurt. Okay? So forgiveness is a choice. It's not automatic. You need to choose to forgive. Just like Jesus forgave when he said Father, forgive them. They know not what they do while they were literally killing him. You can forgive. You can forgive. If Jesus can forgive people on the cross, 
when they were kill literally killing him, you can forgive. And again, forgiveness is not based on emotion or whether the person deserves it or whether they're re remorseful. Forgiveness is based on my choice. I'm preaching to myself here. My choice to be obedient to the word of God. That's what forgiveness is all about. It's not about, oh, you didn't for you didn't say sorry. No, it's not about you. It's about my obedience to the word of God. If I'm obedient to the word of God, then I'm going to forgive. Okay? And, and I would say if church hurt causes you to give up on God, which happens all the time, then your faith was not in God. It was in man. If I'm going to leave the church or turn from God, I'm actually because, you know, people, so the pastor hurt me. Then your faith was not in God. It was in the pastor. My faith is not in a pastor. My faith is in a God who's on the throne, holy, righteous, rich in mercy, kind, compassionate. Uh, I'm not going to let church hurt define who God is. I'm not going to let a pastor that is abusive define who God is. People don't define God. Type that in the chat. Okay, so you guys can pause from asking questions here. Remember, just because somebody has a title of being a pastor doesn't mean they're faultless. The title relates to service, not sanctification. That's a whole sermon right there. All right, what is your ethnicity? You guys keep asking every stream. I know there's new people. Again, this is ask me anything. So I'm going to reiterate questions that I've answered before and pray that my computer doesn't restart like that. It's never happened before, so that was terrible. I am... I need to do like the ancestry thing where they tell you what you actually are. You know, you send like a piece of hair or something. I don't even know. I've never done it, but it's like, you know, you could send it off and they'll tell you what you are, but I'm half Hispanic. My dad's hundred percent Mexican. So I'm half Hispanic and my mom is Italian and German. So I'm basically grandpa German, grandma Italian, mom's mixed European. So I'm basically like half Hispanic, half Italian with also German. Uh, yeah. So that's why if you're wondering, why do you talk so fast? Why are you so loud? Because I'm Italian, so I talk with my hands, talk fast, and I'm Hispanic, so I talk loud and I talk fast. I mean, that's a mix right there, y'all. Italian, someone's an and half chihuahua. Yeah, I said that when I was preaching one day as a joke, but yeah, for sure. Uh, that's a mix. When you mix those together, that's what you got. If you don't like it, then <laughs> find another channel. I don't know what to tell you. All right, someone said, I've been DMing an account on Instagram. Oh, no, no. No. About a prophetic word they had for me. Okay, so I've been messaging account Instagram about a prophetic word they had for me and they talked about an orphanage. Is that you? No, that's not me. That's not me. That's a scammer. I am not going to DM you a prophetic word, the beloved. First of all, you should know by the broken English it wasn't me. But sec I know I know my grammar's not the best, okay? But second of all, I would never add, I don't have WhatsApp. I'm never messaging people asking for donations for my orphanage. In fact, I'll, I've never personally sent a message on Instagram asking for money from anybody ever and I and I won't. So it's not me. I don't have WhatsApp. I don't have an orphanage. I hope this clears this up for you. And I feel bad because people literally come up to me at all my events and say, we've been talking for months and all this stuff. And you're getting catfished. You are getting straight catfished. That's not me talking to you. I feel bad when that happens, but I'm like, hey, it's not me. We have not been talking. So man, it's terrible because literally people are messaging fake accounts for months and talking to them and building relationship with them thinking it's me and then they come up to me and like hey so and so and i'm like pull up the dms and i'm like that's not me and the, the other part is the sad part is you have girls that are fake that will fake it and say oh guy guys so isaiah has been messaging me and they'll leak it all and then you have heresy hunters saying oh look so and so's messaging so and so and they're fake accounts so i have one instagram account and that's it one instagram account and it's i should have deleted the last video because people are in the old broad broadcast asking me if it's if it's uh why i'm not live okay this is my only instagram account let me make sure i'm not leaking anything that's my only instagram account i have no other instagram accounts that's me okay 154,000. isaiah saldivar name spelled right look at the name on the very top isaiah saldivar there's no other accounts that's me so if you're following another account it is a scam account 
report it, delete it. I'm trying to get verified. I'm supposed to be getting verified this week, but I don't know because it's just been a mess with Instagram verifying me. I'm like, I don't know what it's going to take. I have so many fake accounts. I'm working with a company to help me and I'm still, still not getting verified. So be praying about that. I'm sorry, guys. I'm posting the new link really fast because people are going to the old link and commenting on my Instagram asking why, why I'm not live. Okay. Hold on. Give me one second. Let me delete one more post of my old thing. That's why it's so annoying when the video gets deleted because I have to redo everything. Flat earth. Oh, no. Are you guys going to make me? No, I'm not a flat earther. That's all I'm going to say about it. I do not believe in flat earth. I've flown in airplanes. I've seen the curvature of the earth. I've seen it in bridges and uh, no one's ever fallen off the earth as far as I could know. So that's why I don't believe in flat earth. How do I stop an addiction? Uh, if it's if it's a spirit, then I would get deliverance. If you cannot resist it, there's something in you, an overwhelming desire dragging you back to that, taking you back, and you feel like it's an actual demonic spirit, I would go find deliverance, get a, the demon cast out of you because it could be a spirit of addiction. If not, you need to develop discipline in your life. Okay, if you say, I don't know why I'm addicted to TikTok. I don't know how to overcome this TikTok addiction. Well, maybe you don't need deliverance. Maybe you need discipline. Maybe you need to get rid of your phone. Maybe you need to uninstall the TikTok app. If you're addicted to pornography, I don't know why you're on the internet at midnight. There's some things, guys, that are practical. They're not even spiritual. Like you're browsing the internet at one in the morning and you're wondering why you keep going back to watching those websites. You're wondering why you can't stop scrolling your life away on TikTok and you are sitting there uh, with the with the thing still installed. Uninstall the TikTok if you're addicted. Stop hanging out the bar if you're addicted to alcohol. There's so many things we can do to break these addictions and we don't do them. So I think a lot of times we use excuses and everything like that and um, we just need to stop making excuses. Stop making excuses. Okay, what country is mystery Babylon? I don't know. Babylon is the one nation or the one, one of the empires that's no longer around. Some people say Babylon is going to be America and, and America will be the resurrected Babylon because in Revelation, there is a Babylon. I don't fully know. I could tell you what I think, but, I, but it's not going to help because it's not, we don't, nobody knows what Babylon is going to be. Okay. Uh, Isaiah, what do you think about the United States Special Forces military as God's calling. I mean, God can call you to any, any area. God can call you to the military. God can call you to law enforcement. God can call you to, to the hospital. God can call you to own a restaurant. I don't think there's a limit to where God will call you to reach people. And so if that's where God's calling you to go reach people, then yeah, do that. And also you need to have a job. Okay. A lot of these guys out here, I talk to are like, I quit my job and I'm making my wife work so I can do ministry and go evangelize and stuff. The Bible says if you don't work and you're lazy, you're worse than an unbeliever. So you need to go, you need to get a job. You need to work. You need to provide for your family. It's not a sin to go work at a bakery. It's not a sin to go work in law enforcement. It's not a sin to go get a noble job, work hard and represent Christ there. Not every single person is going to be called to full-time ministry. In fact, I think very rarely people are going to get called to full-time ministry. So not everybody's going to be just working as a full-time minister. You need, even Paul had a tent making job. If you don't like it, Paul had a job for a year and a half in the ministry making tents. Jesus was a carpenter. So there's nothing wrong with going and getting a job. Jesus had business women. The Bible says that financially supported him. That's going to make some people mad. Is sleep apnea a demon? Um, do you mean sleep paralysis or sleep apnea? Because I don't know the full details of sleep apnea, but I would say sleep paralysis where you're waking up feeling something choke you and you can't say the name of Jesus. I would say oftentimes that's demonic and I have a whole video on sleep paralysis, but I don't know about sleep apnea because that's a different thing. And there's a, also a medical diagnosis of sleep apnea. Isaiah, I would love to use one of your sermons in a song. Do I have your permission? Yes. Adriana, you have my permission. Go for it. 
How can we judge someone righteously? The way we judge righteously is by making sure that we're not a hypocrite. The reason why Jesus said judge righteously is the Pharisees were committing sin and then judging other people for the same sin they were committing. So if you're out there committing all these sins and then judging everyone else for sinning, make sure that if you're, you're living right before you try and judge someone for doing something you're doing and judge righteously. Thoughts on Kenneth Copeland? Personally, not someone I would listen to or I'm, I'm not a fan personally of Kenneth Copeland or a lot of his doctrine. I'm not word of faith, by the way, uh, and I'm not one of these people that preaches we all need to fly around in private jets. Uh, give me all your money. Okay, do you still have temptation? Do you still have temptation or are you never tempted? Yes, I do still have temptation. I think every person has temptation, but it's probably not the same temptations that you go through. I think everybody is tempted differently and just because you're tempted in one thing doesn't mean uh, I'm tempted in one thing or just because I'm tempted in one thing doesn't mean you're tempted in one thing. The Bible says in James 1.13, when you're tempted, no one should say God is tempting me for God cannot be tempted by evil nor does God tempt anyone. So we know God is not tempting people. God's not out here tempting you with lust. God's not out here tempting you with anger. God's not out here tempting you with temptations. The devil's the one that's tempting. And then the verse 14 of James chapter one says, each person's tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. So we know, of course, the devil can entice, the devil can draw us in, but our evil desires, our own carnal nature entices us and drags us away, our own evil desires. But here's the beauty. Jesus said in the book of Luke chapter 22, pray you don't fall into temptation. So one of our daily prayers should be, Lord, help me to not fall into temptation because it's not a sin to be tempted. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. Jesus was tempted. So the Holy Spirit drew Jesus into an encounter where the enemy literally tempted him. So the temptation's not the sin. The giving in is the sin. But look at this. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Write this down. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God, look at this, is faithful. He will not let anyone be tempted above what they can bear. But when you are tempted, so are we all tempted? Yes, there's no temptation that's uncommon to mankind. So we all have common temptations. We've all been tempted. But here's the kicker. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, what do I do when I'm tempted? Here's the key. This is straight from the Bible, the Apostle Paul. He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So when you're tempted, this is going to help you. God will provide a way out so that you can endure the temptation. What do I mean? I mean, if you're tempted to watch pornography, there's always a way out. You're not forced. There's a way out. The way out is called turning your computer off, turning your phone off, getting off the internet or whatever, wherever you're tempted. If you're tempted with your girlfriend and you put yourself in that position, you're not forced. There's a way out. If you're tempted to get angry, walk away from the situation. There's God is always going to give us a way out. So, so here's what I, well, here, here's the tip. Find the exit. Whenever you're tempted, find the exit. Now, for me, I'm not being self-righteous here. Okay, and I'm not, I want to say this very, very cautiously. And it's sad I even have to say this cautiously. Because people are, are out here preaching, every guy's tempted with lust, every guy's tempted. I can tell you right now, I am not tempted when somebody walks by. And I'm not trying to be self-righteous, arrogant. I just want you to know that there's a level you could get to in God where you're tempted. I was delivered. I, I was addicted to pornography for so many years. I got saved. I got delivered from the spirit of lust. God delivered me from the desire to, to watch pornography. And from that day... I don't know when the last day I watched it, some probably time in January 2011. I've never gone back to pornography. I'm not tempted. I'm not out here online, you know, studying my Bible. And then I'm like, oh, I really I have to fight off this website 
or I'm on my phone like, ooh, I have to fight off looking at these girls and stuff. Literally, I'm not tempted. I'm happily married 10 years. My wife, we have an amazing relationship and I have no temptation. So all the guys, and I just wanna say preachers out here that say every preacher's tempted, that's not true. I'm not tempted with lust. I'm not tempted when women walk by. I don't struggle to keep my head up when a, when a lady walks by. You know, if an attractive person walks by and they're wearing short shorts at the grocery store, I'm not fighting like, oh man, I really wanna look, but I'm tempted and fighting. What are some of my temptations? One of my temptations is laziness. The desire to be lazy, slothfulness. I don't wanna stream, I don't wanna study, I don't wanna pray. Yes, that's a temptation. So I'm tempted to be lazy. I'm tempted to be lukewarm. I'm tempted to not do what I should be doing, my responsibilities. And that could even be things as far as not praying with my kids enough, not reading the Bible to my kids enough. That's sinful. It's sinful. I'm sinning when I'm not teaching them the ways I should, reading, and that's something I struggle with that I need to do be better at. So there's a temptation. That's a sin. So again, these temptations are not all the same. There's a million things you could be tempted in but there's one common denominator, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you. God is faithful. But I'm not gonna come out here and be like, yeah, we all struggle with lust when I'm not struggling with lust. I'm not gonna pretend I am when I'm not. So, but there is other temptations that I have that I'm fighting through, that I'm battling. No, I, so me, me, my way out of laziness is discipline. That's the exit door. I'm tempted to be lazy and not do anything and just, oh, I'm gonna take the week off or whatever. But you know what? And some of you are like, there's no way you post videos every day. How could you be lazy? There's, it's, I'm tempted, but I say I'm, doing, I'm gonna do it regardless. My flesh's not gonna tell me what to do. I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna read, I'm gonna live right because again, there's no con- temptation common unto man. Now, God testing you is not the same as God tempting you. If you're going through a trial or a test, excuse me, that's not the same. All right, what do you think about guns, Isaiah? I have no problem with guns. I have a gun and I have guns in my house for self-defense reasons. I'm not a huge fan. Like I'm not out at the shooting range every day, but I, I have no problem with, uh, with guns for the means of self-defense. Okay. How can I convince my family member, Joseph? Uh, oh, I just lost it. Joseph Prince is a false prophet. Uh, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. Uh, to convince people of so-and-so is a false teacher, a false prophet, because they don't think he is. So I would just direct them to the word of God. Find a teaching that's false that he teaches. I don't know Joseph Prince, um, so I can't tell you. So find a teaching that uh, Joseph Prince, uh, I keep wanting to say Derek Prince, not Derek Prince, Joseph Prince. Maybe find a teaching that you think is false about him. I've, I've not watched his stuff, so I couldn't tell you what's false about him. And then key in on that teaching, that specific teaching, show them why it's wrong in the word of God. If you hear my daughter screaming, it's okay. What do you do when you go through it? And I don't even know how long I've done this for because I think 6.30 we started back up. So we'll go like an hour and then we'll do the rating the Bible characters, hang out and have some fun. And then I have another fun thing we're gonna do at the end. That's that's uh, not a biblical thing, but it'll just be a fun thing to do with the chat. It's Friday night, we can hang out. Okay, what do we do? What do you do when you're going through a wilderness season? Good question. And again, guys, these questions I'm answering are on the spot. So I'm not giving you a deep theological answer where I have notes prepared and I'm taking you here and there. I would say realize it is a season. If you're going through a wilderness season, it's a season. And then also remember that even when the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they had a cloud by day and they had fire by night and they had manna from heaven. So even in the wilderness season, this idea that God leaves you or this idea that God is far off is not a biblical reality. God was even there in the wilderness with them. So find the cloud, even if you're in the wilderness right now, why don't feel God? Well, that doesn't mean you're in a wilderness season. Sometimes for me, and this might help you, when I'm in between assignments, it feels like a wilderness season. 
But just because you're in between assignments doesn't mean that you're in a wilderness season. So don't mistake being in between assignments with the wilderness season. Okay, wilderness season is not the same as being in, in between assignments, but the same thing I did when I was on the mountaintop, I do in the wilderness. I still pray if I don't feel it. I still read when I don't feel it. This idea that we have to feel it before we do it is not a biblical reality. So I would say just keep pushing through. Keep pushing through. Look for the cloud. Don't give up. Don't get weary. Keep moving. Is it a sin to listen to ASMR? Um, I don't know. I don't know enough about ASMR. I've heard some of it. In my opinion, I'm trying to think of how, how to say this. Okay. How do I say this? I don't know. I, the, only, the only times I've ever heard ASMR, I get a really weird feeling. Just to be honest with you guys, you guys could chat and let me know what you think, but I get like chills. I just get a weird feeling when I listen to ASMR and it, it doesn't draw me to God. It doesn't make me feel closer to God. I just get a weird feeling. And I know ASMR is used a lot for sexual things and it arouses people and turns them on. If you don't know what ASMR is, don't worry. Um, so a lot of people are saying no, ASMR, ASMR is cringe. So to me, I don't know. I know people use it for like medical reasons. I'm not getting into all that, but uh, I don't know. It makes me feel weird. It makes me feel like nails on a chalkboard. Like uh, it feels lustful. It feels lustful to me. I've heard it like one time and someone was just like scratching the mic and I don't know if they had like a little um, sponge thing and they were squeezing it. I was just like, yeah, no, no. So that's, that's for me. I would stay away from ASMR. Okay. When doing deliverance, how do you get a demon to manifest? Well, you need to call it out by name. You need to bind the demon by name and call it out. So one way that demons often manifest when I'm praying for people is I just straight up tell the demon, I know you're there. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna be assertive with you. I know you're there. You're not staying in this person. You're going to come out in Jesus' name. And then one of my favorite lines you guys have heard me say a thousand times is this per, this is what I say when I'm praying for the person to get delivered. This person is not your home. They don't want you here. We are evicting you today in Jesus' name. You have to leave. And then the demons usually just start manifesting. So remember in Matthew 12, demons, according to Jesus, demons think you are their home okay so if there's a demon in somebody and you're trying to pray deliverance and they're not manifesting that demon thinks that they're that that person's their home so when you tell them that this person is not your home you're leaving i evict you in jesus name i bind you in jesus name then it usually will cause a demon to react get mad scream shout manifest or they'll feel a manifestation and again not every single demon just takes over the person and manifests right away um does it have to manifest to get out? And what is manifesting? Okay, so the word manifest is just to bring something to the light. Something in darkness, bring it to the light. Now, we're not talking about new age manifesting, but a demon manifesting, for example, in Mark 1, Jesus, okay, Jesus preaching in the synagogue, Mark 1, Jesus is preaching and a demon starts screaming out of the man. That demon was not manifesting before. It was just hiding in the man. The moment the demon started screaming out, we would classify that as a manifestation. It manifested. It was in darkness, hiding. Guy probably didn't know it was there. Then the demon exposed and revealed itself, aka manifested. So please, I hope that helps you and clears it up. That's what we mean by demon manifesting. So maybe somebody's vomiting, maybe somebody's screaming, maybe the name of the demon's coming out. These are manifestations of a demon. It was hiding. Now it's now it's uh, coming to the surface. So maybe you have a demon and we're praying deliverance over you, and you're just hearing like a voice in your head saying like, "We're not leaving." Get, leave us alone or it's talking to you that would be the demon manifesting even though it's not verbal or speaking out or loud that would be the demon manifesting that's a manifestation okay can you remarry if you've been divorced tara good question and i also have videos on this so 
um, go to my channel and I'll, I won't do my 30 minute teaching on this or 20 minute teaching on this, but I have videos on the channel on this that you can go listen to. But here's two biblical grounds. Oh, I'm sorry. Three biblical grounds for divorce and remarriage. And actually, uh, let me see. I'm going to do you one better here and I'll give you some scriptures. Let's see if I could find my note here. Okay. Found it. Okay, let me give you a couple here. Three biblical grounds. I'm going to give them to you super quick because it's a very big question. First of all, we know God hates divorce. Okay, but there are three biblical grounds for divorce and remarriage. Number one is sexual sin. I'll just give you a couple verses. So in Matthew 19, 9, whoever divorces his wife except for immorality, sexual immorality, and marries another woman commits adultery. Matthew 5, 32, everyone who divorces his wife except on the ground of sexual immorality makes her commit adultery and whoever marries a divorced woman, woman commits adultery. So sexual sin is number one. Number two is the unbelieving partner leaving the believing partner. So if your husband, when you become a believer, if your husband leaves you and abandons you, completely leaves you, then you have grounds for divorce and remarriage. That's abandonment. So that's 1 Corinthians 7, 12 through 15. Paul says, now I'll speak to the rest of you. Though I don't have a direct command from the Lord, if a fellow believer has a wife who is not a believer and she's willing to continue living with him, he must not leave her. Okay, so a guy has a, has a wife She's not a believer. He becomes a believer. She's not a believer, but she's willing to live with him still, even though she's not a believer and he is, he has to stay with her. If a believing woman has a husband who's not a believer, but he's willing to continue to leave, live with her, she is not to leave him. You guys catching this here? So you stay together. For the believing wife brings holiness to the marriage and the believing husband brings holiness to the marriage. Otherwise your children would not be holy, but now they're holy. And then in parentheses, Paul says this in verse 15. Listen closely. But if the husband or, and don't type questions guys while I'm answering because I'm not reading them. So just take, take a pause, wait till I'm done with the question, then ask another one. Verse 15, but here's the, but if the husband or wife who isn't a believer insists on leaving. Okay. So my wife is an unbeliever. I become a believer. My wife says, I'm leaving you. I'm not going to be with a believer. So she insists on leaving. Let them go. Let them go. Paul says, let them leave. Do not try to hold them there. Do not say, no, you're married. You have to stay. Let them go. In such cases, listen to what Paul says, the believing husband or believing wife is no longer bound to the other for God has called you to live in peace. Wow. So it seems to be from what Paul is saying is if you get abandoned by your unbelieving spouse, then you're no longer bound to that marriage. So if you're not bound to the marriage, then you can go ahead and get remarried. You can go ahead and get remarried. Okay. So that's number two. And then number three, uh, or I'm sorry. And then, and then number three would be if you're able to get remarried is if the person passes away, the person dies, then you're able to get remarried. Let me find the verse here. Uh, let's see. Do I have the verse said to them another divorces cuts adultery against her. I don't think I have the verse pulled up here. Oh, Romans seven chapter seven verses two through three. You're only bound to your husband while he lives. If the husband or wife dies, you're no longer bound to the marriage. So if your if your spouse dies, you can get remarried. And then the, the caveat or the nuance I would add, and this is not, I don't have a scripture for this. This is my own conviction. So again, when I don't use a scripture, I very, I'm very careful to say this is not scriptural. This is what I believe. So biblical, let's just give biblical here. I gave you the verses here. Sexual immorality, spouse cheating on you. Uh, number two, what was the sec- second one? Oh, abandonment. And then number three, death. Spouse dies, you can get remarried. Those are the three biblical I could give you verses for. The one I can't give you verse for that I'm convicted about and that some people disagree with me that are very into the Calvinist or Reformed camp, I've heard them teach the opposite, is I would say sexual, physical, and even 
at times, depending verbal abuse would be a grounds for divorce and remarriage. That's my personal, that's Isaiah Saldivar. If you're being physically abused, I think you should leave that marriage. Um, and I think that's grounds for divorce. And if you get divorced, I believe it's a biblical divorce. You can go ahead and get remarried. I don't have a verse for it, but I look at the nature of God and I can't imagine God looking down at someone getting physically abused and God saying, you have to stay in that marriage or sexual or even like extreme verbal. Now, I'm not talking about your wife. You get in a fight and your wife says you're stupid and you're like, I'm divorcing you. You verbally abuse me. I'm talking about serious verbal abuse, um, sexual abuse and physical abuse. That's my take. Some of the, the reformed guys would disagree with me and say, no, you still have to stay married. Uh, I don't agree with that. I think sexual abuse. There was a big case in John MacArthur's church of somebody that was sexually abusing his wife and they were like, well, you guys have to stay together and it became a huge legal thing. No, I would say if you're being sexually abused, you need to leave. If your kids are being sexually abused by your husband, you need to leave, get out of there. If you're being physically abused, you need to leave the marriage. So that's that's me. All right, how much do you charge for an appearance fee? <laughs> that's a good question. It's a funny, it sounds funny, but it's, but it's not funny, but I will tell you right now. I don't have a set charge to come preach or to come we don't we don't call it an appearance fee we call it like a love offering or an honorarium um basically before i i traveled full-time i've never been on salary at a church so i didn't even take a salary from my own church so i traveled full-time so my full income was traveling well now because of youtube and streaming and all that i only travel once a month so now basically i don't first of all i don't charge to go preach anywhere i don't have a charge or you have to pay this any of that now before i could not survive if i didn't get an income so i would basically tell the church I don't have a set amount you have to pay, but if you want to give me a lot of offering or an honorarium, this is what I do full time. And basically every church I went to would honor that and would pay me to come because I'm obviously leaving my family. I'm gone. Uh, just if you guys didn't know, my landlord doesn't care that, oh, I'm out preaching. They don't care. I can't call like the city and say, hey, you turned my water off, but I'm a preacher. So please turn my water back on. I can't call and say, oh, my electricity's off, but I went and preached a revival. So this idea that preachers should just travel for free, number one is not biblical. Number two makes no sense because we still have bills. We still have rents. We still have power. We still have electricity. So back then uh, I need, I'd, I have bills to pay and I needed to travel full time and I did travel full time. So people paid me. And, and Paul says, if you're mad about this, Paul says traveling teachers should be paid especially well. So the Bible actually says, Traveling teachers should be paid especially well. That doesn't mean they have to be out here rich, getting $50,000 honorariums, but a reasonable wage, okay? For example, if my rent, my utilities, food for my four kids, whatever, all of that is, let's say, $5,000 a month, which is low in California, okay? Because rent out here is insane. But let's just say five years ago, I'm traveling full-time and my rent and everything was $5,000 a month. Okay, and you're like, well, preachers shouldn't get paid. And I'm out four days at your church and you give me $400, okay? Let's just say you give me $400 and I'm there for three days. And then I'm there the next weekend, another church, and they give me $500. And then I'm the next weekend, I'm at, I'm at another church because I can't be, I can only be at one place at one time. And they give me $300. And then I'm at another church and they give me $500. That's like, what, less than $2,000? And all my bills are $5,000 and you want me for $2,000? What, what do I do with the other $3,000? Where do I make money? That's why the Bible says, if an ox is out there treading the ground, he should be able to eat. How are you gonna harvest the wheat and then tell the ox who treaded the wheat and was out there working in the field, they can't have their own wheat? So that's why Paul says, if I sow into you spiritual things, you should be sowing into me physical things. So again, um, usually the average would be like going to preach for a weekend, 500 to 2000, depending on the event. But again, I don't have a set amount or appearance fee, I don't charge. And oftentimes recently, God will just tell me, give the money back. 
So I'll go to the event, get the honorarium, get the check, and then just give it right back to the church or sell it back into the ministry. God's done that with me like probably 50% of the last year of my travels. Uh, but again, some events charge, some don't, some there's 5,000 people, some there's 500, some there's 1,000. It just all depends on where you go. All right, Matthew said, how, I, how do I distinguish between my own flesh? So I hope that gives you guys a little bit of insight of how that works. Uh, basically, an honorarium, if you want to know the difference, is a set amount. It's like if I have an honorarium, you honor me with that amount. I have a set amount. That's what you pay me. A love offering is like we're just going to pick up an offering and give you what comes in um, as a sign of like love for you being here. So there's a lot of variations. Some churches do both. Some say we'll give you like 500 or 1,000, and then we'll give you on top of whatever comes in to bless your ministry. There's a lot of nuances to it there's a lot of variations everyone's different uh some of the big name guys that i know of uh these are not friends of mine these are just big big names they used to charge like twenty five thousand dollar honorariums that's insane to me i would never do that uh, but to each his own to each his own whatever you think about that uh, that's where it's at some people go way above some people go way below but that's where that's at okay how do i know if it's a demon or the flesh well number one the flesh doesn't talk so if it's your flesh it's your own thought if it's a demon it's a third person voice telling you to do something or telling you something that's how you know it would be a demon if you're hearing it in third person also demons dominate your thoughts so if you're having like an unclean thought and you feel like it's overwhelming you and you can't get rid of it and it's just like dominating you demons dominate that would be a demonic spirit giving you that thought putting that thought in your head and also whispering or speaking to you if you hear something like we don't care or we want you to do this third person that's probably a demon i would say like super overwhelming desires or compulsions to do something is oftentimes demonic and so i would say that's probably let me reset my camera real quick it's having an error issue i would say that's probably a demon now the flesh of course there's a flesh of course the flesh needs to be crucified but again i would say those overwhelming desires are oftentimes demonic spirits okay hopefully that fixed my camera okay let's go into and let me turn this off really quick Let's go into another one here and we'll go another like uh, 20, 15, 20 minutes and then we'll do the rating, the Bible characters, going through the Bible characters, ranking them and then we have another fun thing we're going to do at the very end. We'll just see how it goes and hang out with the chat and talk. How do you become more aware or sensitive to the Holy Spirit? Obeying Him. Obeying Him, Miranda. This is the beauty of obeying the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit tells you to do something and you obey Him, you gain confidence and that's what God said to do. For example, if the Holy Spirit says, go pray for that person right now, or go pray for a family member right now, or go do something right now, and you go say, pray for that family member, like say the Holy Spirit says, call your aunt or text your aunt a scripture. You have this overwhelming desire that you'd say, that's probably the Holy Spirit, to text somebody a scripture or whatever it is, fill in the blank. And you do it and they say, you'll never believe this. I literally was just praying God would send me someone to give me a verse or God would send someone to pray for me. The moment that person says, I literally just prayed this and you were the answer to that prayer. You gain confidence in the fact you're hearing the Holy Spirit. Because most of you are hearing the Holy Spirit, you just don't realize it. He's always talking, he's always speaking. So you get confidence in the Holy Spirit when you obey him. So the best way to gain sensitivity and confidence in the Holy Spirit's voice is to step out in obedience. If you're disobedient, you lose that ability. Someone said, so it's a feeling. Sometimes it's a feeling. Sometimes I feel God wants me to do something. This whole live stream thing I'm doing was an overwhelming desire for months on end. I don't know why I have this overwhelming desire that God wants me to do this. It wasn't an audible voice. I just felt the whisper of the Holy Spirit and the overwhelming desire to do something. I had no desire to do it before. Now I have an overwhelming desire to do it. Or here's another one. If the Holy Spirit tells you to do, if you have a desire to do something, you know you don't want to do. Like if the Holy Spirit says, this family member struggling, give them $100, or the or there's a homeless guy and God says, give him $20. You know 
You don't want to give that family member $100 or $20. You're cheap. You don't want to do that. But but you know it's the Holy Spirit because it's something you wouldn't want to ordinarily do in your own flesh. So if God's telling you to do something that's stepping out, that's biblical, that's edifying somebody, praying for somebody, or maybe the Holy Spirit tells you to do a three-day fast, and you're like, I don't want to do a three-day fast. That's not my voice. Then it's probably the Holy Spirit speaking. So this might help you um, distinguish distinguish the differences. Have you ever read Pagan Christianity? No. Can you do deliverance on a five-year-old when it caused trauma? I would do it. If my five-year-old was clearly demonized, I would cast the demon out. There was young children in the Bible that God delivered. Uh, read Frank Hammond's book, Children's Deliverance, and then I would do the deliverance if my child was five. Okay, let's see. Do you know anything about the three days of darkness? No, people have asked me that for months, but I don't know. Um, if you have demons, can it stop you from receiving the Holy Spirit for the first time? Now, let me answer this. Let me think about my what I'm going to say here. A demon can't stop the Holy Spirit, period. Let's first of all start there. A demon cannot stop the Holy Spirit from doing what the Holy Spirit's going to do. Demon cannot stop you from receiving the Holy Spirit. The other side of it is, so let's make that very clear. That's one, that's one process of thought. The other side of it is a demon could convince you or make you feel like or lie to you so that you don't come to God and receive the Holy Spirit. So a demon can cause unbelief in you. A demon can cause resentment in you. A demon can cause confusion. So if a spirit of confusion is confusing you, telling you don't go to church, don't receive the Holy Spirit, don't serve God, don't pray, don't read, or all that, all those things, then I can see where that demon might be preventing you from receiving the Holy Spirit. But could a demon just block the Holy Ghost? No. Could a demon just stop the Holy Spirit? No. But again, a demon could confuse you to where you don't want to go to the Holy Spirit and go to God. Does that? I hope that makes sense because I don't want anyone to ever think and take it out of context saying, Isaiah said a demon could stop the Holy Spirit. Of course not. They're not even in the same league. They're not in the same weight class. God is so far above a demon, but a demon can lie and convince and things like that. All right. What are your thoughts on dating somebody outside the faith or dating a non-Christian? Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Guys, when I'm answering these questions, just help me in the chat. Okay. Don't ask questions while I'm, while I'm answering them. I, I would not recommend anyone dating an unbeliever now, when we talk about being une- unequally yoked, we've always used that and said, oh, the Bible says we should be not in, um, not in um, relationship. And when I say relationship, I mean like an intimate relationship with unbelievers because we shouldn't be unevenly yoked. That's actually not what the Bible is saying. It's actually saying we shouldn't partner with unbelievers um, and have partnerships, which is not relationships. But I also don't think we should have relationships with people that are in the world. We need to be equally yoked. And so I don't think we should be in relationship with unbelievers. Now, if your girlfriend, boyfriend's an unbeliever and you get saved, do what God's telling you to do. But if you are right now saved and single as a Pringle, you should not be going out just because he has a six pack thinking you're going to get him saved. Do not try to do that. Because the thing is, he might in the beginning, ladies, please, please listen closely. In the beginning, he might do it for you and not for good, the right reasons. So he might only be serving God just because you're serving God. And then you're like, I don't know why he wanted to be a Christian. He went to church with me. And then he backslid right when we got married. Well, because he was only in it for, for you. Okay. Here's the kicker. The reason why he was at church with you, not raising his hands, not excited, not born again on his phone the whole time is because he's only there for you. And the moment he got you, he don't need church no more because he was only there for you. So don't do it. I would, if you're, if you're a believer right now, listening to this, find a solid Christian. There's too many good guys in the church that you need to go out there trying to date 
you know, some dog or some guy at the bar looking for love in all the wrong places. Find a man of God in the church. Uh, find someone. God will bring you. Have faith. Believe. Trust me. God will do it. Bad company corrects, corrupts good character. Absolutely, Miranda. So that would definitely make sure that you are dating in the faith. Because I promise you, if you think you're going to get them saved, it usually doesn't work that way. I would just, I would just, I'm, I'm saving you heartache. And then guys, same thing. Okay, you're, if you have these strong convictions and they don't, there's a good chance they'll influence you. You won't influence them. So I would definitely make sure that you date in the faith. How was your day? My day was good. I've been at the studio most of the day till the afternoon, putting up wall panels and getting the studio ready and getting the room ready for our, you know, our new studio and our new podcast, which I'm super excited about. So that's going to be a good time. Uh, that'll be hopefully in a week or two. It's coming quick. It's going to be good. But yes, I've been at the studio for the last three days and I was like, ah, again, tempted. Maybe I should cancel the stream. I got a lot to do. I'm behind on videos. Uh, you know, I got all this stuff I got to do. I'm leaving to Arizona next week and I got a list of things, but I was like, we're going to push through here. We're going to push through. We're going to go live. We're going to have fun. We're going to, you know, build this community and we're going to be live also again on Sunday with the chosen. Also, again, Monday, Tuesday, we won't have a live, no podcast this next week because I for sure have to get the studio done this next week and I have a whole bunch of furniture being delivered on Tuesday and other things. I'll have a video uploaded, no podcast. Next week, we have a very special podcast guest, but yeah, it's going to be a good time. Okay, go ahead, a couple more. I have schizophrenia and I want to know what you think. Joseph, in my opinion, now schizophrenia, if I'm not mistaken, the broad sense uh, term is hearing voices, seeing things. Um, illusions or what, what do they call them? Not illusions. Well, maybe illusions, but like seeing things that are not there and also hearing voices and, and things like that. I often find that with schizophrenia, it's always negative. It's always negative. It's always bad thoughts, seeing dark images, seeing bad things. Like, I don't know that anyone has positive schizophrenia where like the voices are telling you to do nice things or you're seeing like images of good things. So in my opinion, I, I have friends up hallucinations. Yeah, I have friends that might disagree with me. Here's the deal. If you go to the doctors and say, I'm hearing voices, which is obviously a sign of having a demon. You, that's one of the main signs you hear voices, third person. I'm seeing things and I'm frantic. I'm scared. My emotions are up and down because they always say like bipolar and schizophrenia are, are hand in hand. Um, I'm just manic. I'm up and down. I'm this. The doctor's not going to say, well, you probably need to get deliverance. You probably have a demonic spirit there causing you to see things and hear things and be manic and be up and down and be bipolar. Okay. So the, the, the 4 p.m. Pacific for the chosen, uh, Kathy, the doctor's not going to say you need to go get delivered what they're going to say. So what are they going to do then? Cause they can't just say nothing. They're going to say you're probably schizophrenic. They're going to diagnose you. So in my opinion, now this is not always the case. I do think there's times where there could be a chemical imbalance, but I'm telling you right now. A lot of people I've talked to that are schizophrenic or have been diagnosed with depression or this, there was no test. They just went and answered questions and the doctor said, this is what you are, take this medication. There was no chemical test. There's no scanning the brain, none of that. So to me, I think a lot of times schizophrenia is demonic. I think it's a demon and we just label it schizophrenia and we just name demons. I think a lot of times with mental illness, that's what we're doing, but there is always room. This is, I'm not saying this, it's always a demon. There's always room that it could be something medical. It could be something, but, but I don't have a lot of trust in the pharmaceuticals. These, you know, what trillion dollar company or trillion dollar industry on saying, oh, you're depressed. Oh, you're hearing voices. Oh, here's some medication. Take some antidepressants and then hook you on them. I, I have a lot of, uh, I'm very leery on a lot of this stuff more than some of my other friends, maybe, but I look at a lot of the stuff and go, okay, you're hearing voices, seeing demons. 
probably demonic spirit in you. You need to get deliverance. And if you go get deliverance and nothing manifests and you go deliverance, deliverance, nothing happens and you're like, I think it's chemical imbalance, then go to the doctor and all that. But I'm just telling you, I think a lot of times I'm not a medical professional, so I can't diagnose you medically, but I could diagnose you spiritually. And I think a lot of these times, these are demonic spirits that we just say, oh, you know, there's, there's a, you just need to get some more medicine and the medicine just turns you into a zombie. Are you pre-trib or post-trib? I'm post-trib. I believe that the rapture will happen after the tribulation. And I have a whole video on that on the channel. I don't have time to go into that. You can go check it out. Okay. All right. Someone said, out of anger, I punched and spit on my husband. Was this me or a demon? Hmm. Good question. Maybe both. Well, first of all, the demon didn't make you. The only way, and I'm not going to get into the possessed and oppressed and all that, because I don't even believe those are biblical realities. The only way a demon's going to control your body is if you are involved in high level occult occultism and you are telling demons giving them legal right to control your body and i guarantee the lady who typed this in the chat is not like that i I guarantee you did not give in some seance the demon the right to take over your body so there is a level where a demon can take over your body if you've given them that right and you're in the occult you're practicing new age witchcraft and all that that's not what we're talking about the other side is the demon can give you the desire but the demon can't make you a demon's not making you do it So it could have been a mix of both. It could have been a demon stirring up your anger, stirring up your wrath, causing you to feel this way. Because remember, demons are personalities. They weave their way into our personality, into our being, and they live in us. And they make us feel like we're the ones this way when really the demon's the one making us that way. So it could have been a demon manifesting in anger and rage, but you're the one that spit on your husband and punched him. So I would say both. Could have been the demon stirring you up, but also you got to take responsibility and accountability that you did that. Uh, Man, spitting's the worst. I think that's like the worst thing. Worst thing getting punched is getting spit on. Such a major sign of disrespect. But I would ask your husband's forgiveness. I'd pray. Obviously, Lord, forgive me. This was out of line. And then if you're having this reoccurring, I would go get deliverance. I would go get deliverance on that. Someone said, why have you not been baptized in Jesus' name? Well, first of all, how do you know I haven't been baptized in Jesus' name? Second of all, you're wrong because I have been baptized in Jesus' name. So we baptize. I baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and in the name of Jesus. I just cover all of them because Jesus said to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the disciples say baptize in Jesus' name. At the end of the day, there are three persons, one person, and uh, I'm a Trinitarian, so I believe the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are three and one, all equally God, all part of the Godhead, but three distinct persons. And you're like, well, how could I explain that? God is unexplainable. That's how. I don't know why we try to explain things in human terms when there's no explanation. That's why I haven't made any video on how to explain the Trinity because God says, to whom can you compare me to? To whom can you liken me to? I'm unexplainable. How many Instagram accounts do you have? One. We already talked about that. Um, Thoughts on Christians and secular music? I don't see why a Christian would listen to secular music. There's light and there's dark. So I don't think there's no reason why we should listen to secular music. I think if we're Christians, we should be listening to Christian music. I have a video on that and why I don't think any Christian should listen to secular music. So... That's my take on it. How do you explain the Trinity to a non-believer in a short time? You don't. You don't. I think a lot of guys want to try to, you know, well, this and that. You don't explain the Trinity. The Trinity is unexplainable. The fact that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are three distinct persons, but all one and equally God. Jesus, all things were created by God through Jesus, but they're both God and the Holy Spirit is God on the earth. And Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, but Jesus also lives in us through the person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, These are unexplainable things. Again, the Old Testament, to who can you compare me to? God cannot be explained. If you can explain God, then why are you even serving him? 
This idea that we can explain God, infinite God, in our finite minds. You can't even explain it in eternity. You literally can't explain forever. If you think about forever and then forever and then it never ends and there's no ending, it will keep you up all night. You cannot explain that logically. So to try to explain the Trinity logically, there's just no explanation for it. So I think we do a disservice when we try to explain these things, when these things are just absolutely unexplainable realities. And again, things like the Trinity, I've tried like, oh, well, there's water and then there's ice and then there's steam and they're all three of the same, but they're all, you know, different things. But again, how can you, how could you explain God like he's water? How could you explain God like he's ice? He's unexplainable. I think if we take him down to ice and water and steam, then I just think he's unexplainable. I know, guys, there's 2,000 people in the chat talking. Uh, next time I'll have slow mode on. I apologize. I, I have to go edit the video again. I had a new broadcast that went on. We've had a lot of technical difficulties tonight. So, um, yeah, that's where it's at with that. Okay, let's see. My pastor teaches pre-trib. I'm post-trib. How can I address him respectfully? Well, you can show him Dr. Michael Brown's teachings on it, which are really good. You can show him the book, um, I'm Not Afraid of the Antichrist, on Craig Keener and Dr. Michael Brown, who are very, very recognized scholars and theologians in the charismatic world, and maybe send him the book off of Amazon and see what he says, see what he thinks. But I wouldn't even debate him on it. It's not a salvation issue. You could have a pastor that's pre-trib, maybe post-trib. You could have a pastor that's post-trib, maybe pre-trib. These are not salvific issues. These are not issues that we should divide over is country music secular well any music that's not christian is secular so there's christian country that would not be considered secular but if you're listening to music that is not edifying god and that is not uh bringing glory to him and talking about him and you know i i just think it's probably not music that you should you should be listening to okay what's your thought on reformed believers um i still believe they're brothers and sisters i don't i'm not reformed a lot of reformed people are also cessationists they also believe the gifts in the gifts of the spirit are not for today i think it's unbiblical i mean obviously i'm not reformed if i was if i thought it was biblical i'd be reformed so i think the idea i i don't i don't think i know the idea that the gifts are no longer around that the god does no longer work miracles through people and that this was all just for the bible is a false doctrine doesn't mean that they're unsaved doesn't mean they're going to hell but if you teach the gifts are no longer around if you teach that miracles don't aren't performed through people, that casting of demons is no longer around, that all ended with the apostles, you're teaching an unbiblical false doctrine because it's not in the Bible. There's no Bible verse that says the gifts aren't for today. There's no Bible verse that says they died with the apostles. These are not biblical things. So yeah, I would say that. I'm um, not reformed. I still think they're brothers and sisters. They probably don't think I'm a brother or sister because a lot of them are really antagonistic towards charismatics. But yeah, not. I'm definitely not reformed. Okay. Can you do a deliverance on a family member who isn't saved yet? So Avery, that one's hard because demons, if they have a legal right, they don't have to leave. And if someone's an unbeliever, the demons often hang on to the, that fact and they won't leave. It is possible to do deliverance on unbelievers. It's not easy to do. And oftentimes if I'm praying for an unbeliever or a family member that's not saved and they start manifesting a demon, that's a great chance to talk to them and present the gospel to them. Talk to them about how Jesus casted demons. Talk to them about how salvation is. Casting out demons is to be delivered, is to be healed, is to be saved. That's literally what the word sozo salvation means. And so I would say while they're manifesting, you have a great time to pause present the gospel to them and pray with them and lead them to the faith and then also pray deliverance over them so if i if i was praying for an unbeliever family member that was manifesting a demon i would take that chance of them manifesting to say this is the gospel this is what jesus did you can be free from this demon you can put your faith in jesus you can believe on his name and then boom right there have a chance to share the gospel with him all right we're gonna go like 
another minute or two and then we're going to do our rating bible characters which you're going to be interacting with and we're going to uh have a good time here ranking the bible characters and just having fun all right we did an hour of serious q a we did a 30 minute intro with technical difficulties uh, next time i'll do slow mode i know it's way too many comments we have this problem every time we do ask me anything there's just too many comments coming in and there's just thousands of people typing and it's it's just chaos but hey it is what it is it's asking me anything it is what it is uh what are your thoughts on heresy hunters or discernment ministries i've already said my thoughts before i think channels number one i think cha youtube channels that mostly call people out majority of their videos call other people false teachers i think are unbiblical i think they're dangerous i think they're toxic i think they build toxic communities um we don't see any of the disciples going around calling out false teachers making an entire ministry of discernment and the and the other thing is if you are a minister and everyone else is false but you that's a little sus to me like discernment ministries and heresy hunters i call them heresy hunters or discernment ministries they literally every other day there's another false teacher like everybody's false but them so I think that's a lot of narcissism and prideful to think that you're the only one that knows the truth and everyone else is false but you. Um, also, if you want to know how healthy their communities are, go in their comment sections. Their comment sections are literally everybody just bashing and attacking other believers and other men of God. And it's just, to me, it's toxic. It's unbiblical. The idea of a discernment ministry is a nice way of saying you're just, you're just calling everybody out and you're just hating on everybody and you're just hunting, looking for any little thing to call someone a heretic. And it's always just non-salvific issues by the way guys casting out demons is not a salvation issue it's not salvific uh believing in pre-trib or post-trib is not salvific believing miracles are for today or gifts are for today is not salvific so th that's what these heresy hunters are they think well if you don't believe what i believe you're a heretic so just be honest we just don't believe what you believe you don't believe miracles are for today you don't believe casting out demons is for today you believe in something different so just say what it is we have different beliefs. You don't have to go around calling them heretics or saying this person is going to hell or this. It's just unhealthy. It's low quality. You're, all your content is literally other people's content. You saying the other person's content is false. You're just reacting to other people's content, content false. It's low quality. It's cringe. Don't be a heresy hunter. Don't start a channel thinking you're going to get views or clicks off of other people's names. Uh, it's just, it's just cringe to me. Now, if you have 500 videos, 500 videos, and you have one video saying, hey, I think this guy's you know teaching something false and dangerous we need to pray about this and be careful about this then okay i could see that but if you're every other day like there's some guys there's one guy i kid you not three videos a day two videos a day of me I'm like man i literally live in this guy's head rent free other guys every day i'm like bro you think about me every day like that's so much time i'm in your head you're watching all my videos editing and they're in here obviously or else where how they're getting all the content but it's just like it's just to me Find me a verse where it's biblical. You're telling me casting out demons is not biblical. Miracles are not biblical, which we see all throughout the New Testament. Yet, you making your whole life about calling everyone false is biblical? Uh, yeah, it's just weird. It's just weird. And they always turn on each other. They're all friends. They have groups. And then all of a sudden, one of them is like, oh, no, you're a heretic. Heresy hunters, they all hunt each other. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be extinct someday when they all hunt each other off just weird to live in like a grown man's head i'm like dude you think about me so much it's so weird i don't watch the videos anymore but it's just to see constant videos like that it's just really really weird okay we're gonna do one more question here how often should i fast daily weekly or monthly now the bible doesn't give us how often we should fast there's no biblical place in the new testament where the bible says you need to fast this often so i would be led by the spirit whether you do one day per week whether you do three days every month three days a week Go by what the Holy Spirit's telling you to do. 
Go by what you feel the Holy Spirit leading you to do, what you feel convicted on, and what God's telling you to do. Like God told Vlad to do a 40-day fast. Okay, so he felt convicted and he did that, and that was that. All right. Okay, guys, I think we're going to move into our next segment, which is rating Bible characters. I have to see, let's see, uh, let's move our thing to green screen here. And we're actually going to do this. Watch this. Are you guys ready? Am I, am I lagging here? Look at that. Would you look at that? We are now on a green screen. We're going to move into our next segment. I should have got music for this segment here. We're going to open up the chat here, hanging out with the chat. We did our Q&A for an hour. Now we have some fun. We are going to be, instead of just hanging out and looking at the chat, we're going to have some fun here. We're going to be, hopefully this works, please work in Jesus' name. Rating Bible characters. Ladies and gentlemen, let me fix my screen. We are going to be rating Bible characters. S tier, the best of the best. And these are go, and these are not, you know, some Bible characters are better than other characters. These are just, a, this is just a tier list I saw somebody make. And I was like, hey, this will be kind of fun to do. We'll put them in categories, have some fun. And then actually we're going to do another tier list after this. That's going to be really fun. But this is just Friday night. A little bit of fun we can have. Let me actually, oh, you know what? Hold on. Hold on. Sorry if I blow out your speakers. There we go. Let me make sure this is working. Got a little bit of music here. Let me actually adjust my camera a little bit because my eyeballs are see-through right now. So let's see. All right, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. I want to see what you guys think in the comments as well. I want you guys to also grade them with me. Rate them. We're not grading them. I guess we are. We're rating them. But we're just going to go ahead and... Where is my camera? Come on, Isaiah. We need to pull out all your nerdiness now. Don't, don't get scared here, okay? All right, let's see. There we go. Okay, now my eyeballs are not see-through. That was scaring me a little bit. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's move into hangout mode here. And then we're, we have a fun one after this. We have a fun list. It's not a biblical list, but it's going to be a fun list. It's going to be a fun list, okay? We're going to be we're gonna be on here for a bit. Let me, let me fix this here just so we could be nice and smooth. All right, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, Isaiah PhD, I got this. Okay, let's see. Let me move you over here. Movie over here, music going. It's blurry. Hit HD. Hit HD. It pro it's probably buffering. It should not be blurry. Go ahead and hit the little HD uh, icon on your screen or your little gear icon and go HD because it should not be blurry. It's very, very clear on my screen. It hurts my soul when you say that, okay? Your chat is blurry. Oh, the chat is blurry? Really? Oh, you know what? It's not blurry. It's white and the background's white. I did not think about that. What are we going to do? I know what we're going to do. We're going to make this work. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going to make this work. I got this. Hold on. Got to improvise here. All right, here we go. Improvise. We're going to put a background on. Help me, Lord. Let's see. Background. Opacity. Is that going to work? No, that's for that. Message opacity. Wait, why is this not changing colorized author names? Message opacity. Is it going to change here? I got to make a... I got to put a background here. It looks like I have a solid background. Hmm. Oh, you know what? Appearance embed in stream appearance. I got it. Hold on. I'm a little rusty. Here we go. I'm a little rusty. I got it. I got it. I got it. Chat. Let's let's do this. Let's go properties. Let's refresh. This should work. Please. We get it. We got it. We got it, chat. There we go, chat. Okay, the chat is a little bit small, but it's gonna work. It's gonna work. Thank you to all of you that are donating. The chat on screen should not be blurry. Type one if it looks clear. Type one if it looks clear. Does it look clear to you guys? 
I'm not gonna lie, one or two of these people in here, I'm pretty sure I don't even know who they are. So let's just be honest here. Let's just be honest, chat. Perfect, yep, one. All right, all right, all right, here we go. The next one's fun, the next one is fun. I'm not gonna lie, the next one's fun. All right, so let's start here. Let me open up my thing. That's the wrong screen. Make sure that we're smooth. And okay, and I'm getting an ad for beer. That's weird. I'm literally getting an ad for beer on a Bible character tier list. Feels weird. All right, it feels really weird. Don't mind the ads. Don't mind the ads. We're not we're not going to be beer ads, LG ads. The devil is a liar. How could I actually, you know what I can do? Hold on chat, let me think about this. Hold on chat, let me think about how I could do this. Hmm. No, because that's going to make it look weird. I don't want ads popping up, though, because I don't want anything weird to be popping up here on my screen. Let me f let me think about this, chat. Hold on. Okay, let's do this. Chosen player. We're going to try this. Oops. No, 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 no. I don't want to mess it up. Yeah, I think it's going to mess it up if I do that. Okay. We don't want to do that. We're just going to have to. It is what it is. We're just going to have to pretend that ads aren't popping up every three seconds. Let me figure this out. Can I exit that? I had it exited. Wait, is this going to exit? Hold on. Let me make sure. I just want to do this because I don't want it to take me to any crazy website here. And it like just pop up a crazy website if I try to exit these ads. Okay. I want to just be safe here. I know there's kids watching. I don't want who knows what crazy ads are going to try to pop up here. Make sure it doesn't take us away. Okay. I think those ads will stay. Those That's just a screen ad. It was working earlier, but let me just, I just want to be safe here. Okay. The beer ad's gone. It's not a good look. The beer ad's gone. And now we are going to, it's still blurry for me. I don't know why it's blurry. It's super clear on my end. Maybe hit the little cogwheel and try to refresh the thing. Okay. Yeah. You guys saw the green screen. There we go. Green screen leaked. Oh no. There you go. Ah, uh, it's leaked. Okay. Here we go. We'll just keep the LG out on. It is what it is. All right, chat. I'm reading all the chat. Froze up. No, don't freeze up. It's better. All right. Isaac. Oh, there's a lot of characters. We're going to have to do this quick. We're going to do this quick, uh, quick because uh, I want to get to the next one too. But Isaac, your boy Isaac. Let's just talk about Isaac real quick. Chat, what do you think about Isaac? Isaac getting sacrificed by his own father as his father is taking him to get sacrificed. Okay, it's not blurry. Okay, good. He's like, father, where's the offering? And his dad's like, ooh, you are the offering. Isaac literally asked him, like, where's the offering, dad? As he's getting carried. Sometimes your sacrifice will try to talk you out of sacrificing them. That'll preach. That'll preach. We're going to do Isaac. Isaac definitely. I mean, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. That's where are we going with Isaac. He's a 10 out of 10. I, we're going to say good. We're going to put Isaac in the good tier. We can't put everybody in the best and the best or the S tier because then it won't be special. But we're going to put Isaac in the good tier. It's blurry. I'm not joking. Okay, try to refresh your feed or try to go to the little, the little uh, HD icon. Maybe you're not in HD anymore. Go put it in HD. Isaac, for real. All right, Jacob. We can't tell the whole story on all these people and talk about every single one of them because we'll be here all day. But uh, what do you guys think about Jacob chat? Jacob wrestled God. You want to talk about being determined? Wrestled God, as you see in the picture, and his hip. His hip was, was, was displaced. Let me make sure the music is going here. What do we think about Jacob here? Jacob definitely. I mean, Jacob was a deceiver. Okay, the music sounds good. Jacob said C tier. He's an S tier. Everybody's putting meh. I want to put Jacob in a meh. Jacob, you know, he de he deceived before he, you know, wrestled God and all that. So 
even though God changed his name, we're going to go ahead and put, okay, it's clear. All right, cool. Best of the best. Is Jacob the best of the best? Uh, I don't know. Should we move him? Eh. I'm just going to, meh. Jacob, yeah, he had some moments. You know what I mean? We're going to put him in the meh. What about Esau? Esau, your boy. Esau. Again, guys, just looking at this right now reminds me of how much I need to go again through the new the Old Testament this year and refresh myself. Because a lot of the characters, I'm like, oh, that's so-and-so, that's so-and-so. We're going to be here all night if I talk about every single character too, by the way. But it's okay. We got Friday night hangout. 2,000 of you keep sharing. We're going to do Esau. People that are clicking on are probably like, what is this? What is this guy? This is probably the first Christian ever to do a tier list. But you know what? I told you we're going to be trying different content and doing different things and having fun. Okay. Esau traded his birthright. My dude, traded your birthright for a bowl of soup. A bowl of soup, right? That's Esau, correct? Didn't honor the birthright. Ah, <sighs> traded the birthright. We're going to have to put, oh. He was okay. Get Esau out of here. Everyone's saying bad. Esau goes soft. I'm going to have to put, I'm going to have to rate Esau in the bad tier. I'm going to have to rate him in the bad tier because, uh, you know, he traded his birthright. Who does that? He traded, he got, he got deceived, traded his birthright. I'm going to have to put you, I'm sorry, Esau, in the bad tier. Laban. Now, Laban, hold on, chat. Oh, Lord, help me. Laban was Rebecca's, was Laban Rebecca's brother, chat? I know Laban, oh, wait, was he Sarah's brother, Rebecca's? I think he was Rebecca's brother. My mind, Laban. I, guys, again, explain Laban, Laban bad. I think Laban deceived and lied. Was he, am I right? Yes. He was Rebecca's brother or is he Rebecca's brother-in-law? Rebecca's brother. Okay. He, he, I know he deceived. It's her dad. Wait, wait, wait. No, are you sure? Are you guys sure? Laban is her dad. I'm thinking of, man, this is, this is not a good start here. Not even knowing the fourth character. Uh, figure the Genesis. He was the brother of, no, he's Rebecca's brother. Laban was Rebecca's brother. I told y'all. No, 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 brother. Look at y'all don't know either. Okay, I don't feel as bad. I don't feel as bad. Y'all don't know either. It was Rebecca's brother who married Isaac and bore Jacob. The mother of Jacob married to Isaac and the brother of Rebecca. This is a, some of these are complicated, but I know he deceived. All right, I'm glad I'm not the only one. I feel good. I feel good. I've read a lot of the Bible a lot of times. But yeah, he deceived, so I'm going to put him in the bad tier. Sorry, Laban. He did some good stuff, but he, he at the end of the day, he, was, he deceived. All right. Rebecca. What do you think about Rebecca, chat? Where are we putting Rebecca? And I think you're the only one. No, no, no. Everyone was saying it was her dad. I wasn't the only one wrong. I'm not the only one. What do you guys think about Rebecca? I'm going to put her in the meh. Good? What was the best thing Rebecca ever did? I'm trying to think. Eh, I'm going to put her in the meh. To, to me, this is my tier list, but you know what? You guys can put in the chat as well. All right, Joseph. Oh, okay, Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. This is Joseph. Egypt. Oh, Joseph. Come on. Come on. My boy Joseph. Coat of many colors. Sharing his dreams with everybody. Wait, you? Oh, you put, okay, you put Rebecca in the meh. We're behind in the chat a little bit. Joseph, Joseph, you got to put in the best of the best. I mean, my dude literally... Went in the pit, thrown in the pit to the palace, ends up feeding the brothers that tried to kill him, bringing them out of the drought, took over Egypt. Come on. 
He go hard. He a G. He's a Giga Chad. If there's a definition of Giga Chad, Joseph was a Giga Chad for sure. You heard it here. This is the only stream you're probably ever going to hear a pastor say that Joseph was a Giga Chad. But yeah, best of the best. First one there, Joseph. All right, we got to go a little quicker here because I want to move on to the second one. Because the second one, the second tier list is just for fun, but it's going to get spicy. It's going to get controversial. Trust me, just wait. If you're on, don't click off. Share the broadcast because the second one's going to get really good here. All right, Moses. Moses. Now, Moses, he did have a very, very bad ending. I mean, he ended up, you know, striking the rock and not being able to see the promise. And, uh, man, okay. Moses, we're going to do good. Brought the people, the OG deliverer. Moses was the OG deliverer, top tier, S tier. Listen, Mo Moses was, he didn't have the greatest ending, but he did have, you know what I'm saying, chat? He was very, very strong and uh, brought the children of Israel out, although wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. It was kind of bad. Um, mm, what do we think, chat? 9.5. S tier is good. Yes, S tier is the top. S is like A, and then S is like special. He helped save over a million people. Everyone's saying he's bad. No, no, no. He wasn't bad. I mean, he uh, he brought the people out. I'm, I'm going to put Moses in good. Best of best, you think? Moses top tier. W Moses in the chat. He's okay. Best of the best. We're going to put him in the... Uh, We're going to put him in the best of the best, but we might move him down to good. Forefather of faith. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. Moses. You're right. He's... He, you're right. He's original. He's, he's awesome. Okay. All right. Pharaoh. Where are we going to put Pharaoh? Pharaoh. Guys, this is a, for those of you that are like, oh, you shouldn't rate people. Listen, this is a fun way to talk about each character of the Bible. We're not slandering or saying anything bad about people. If someone slept with Bathsheba and then, hey, they sinned, but it's all good. These are all Bible characters. The Bible says a lot crazier things about some of these people than I'm saying. Pharaoh's bad. Pharaoh, hard heart. He's bad. All right, Aaron. Aaron the priest. What do we think about Aaron. Pharaoh's bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pharaoh's for sure. We don't have to think about that. Pharaoh's bad tier. We're going to write, we might even run out of space on the bad tier here. Who knows? Pharaoh bad. Pharaoh's a conqueror. Don't, don't even, wait, are you trying to say that? Are you trying to make, are you trying to make a, a spot for Pharaoh here? Are you trying to make a spot for Pharaoh? All right, we're going to do Aaron. Hold on. Let me think about this. Aaron, the older brother of Moses. Wait, Aaron, Aaron made the golden calf. Aaron made the golden calf, y'all. I'm just saying he made the golden calf whenever Moses was up on the mountain with, and Joshua was at the foot of the mountain. Aaron made the golden calf. So I'm going to put him in the med here. Meh. I know he was a priest and all that. Again, we're not, not nothing bad about this. The only bad people in this list are we're putting in the bad tier. But, or, well, you know what? I don't even think, hmm. Okay. Everyone's saying who's bad. He's still a priest. We're going to put him in the mid here. Joshua. Whoo! Joshua Strong. We're going to put Joshua. Joshua. Hmm. What do we think about Joshua, chat? Someone says he's very mid. Not Joshua. Aaron was very mid. I should have just put mid instead of meh. Should I put mid? No, because no one's going to know what mid means. Will they? Let's see. We're going to do mid because some of you are like, meh, it sounds mean. All that. All right. Wait, how do I save this? 
hello? No. How do I get out of this? Hold on, chat. No, I just messed myself up. Oh, wait, there we go. Oh, wait, there we go. Hold on. I gotta delete this row. Okay. Isaiah, don't do that. Don't do that again, Isaiah. Okay. Don't do, don't do that again. Do me a favor. Don't do that again, Isaiah. Okay. Getting back to it. And it's raining hard outside now. Joshua. I did mid because some meds like, you know, mid's like between good and bad. Joshua, best of best. Come on now. Come on now. Joshua. Joshua so underrated. I love the comments. This is it's fun to just read you guys the comments. All right, we're going to Joshua. Rahab the spy. I'm, and these are just good to go over because they're bringing all these uh, characters back to my mind. Rahab the spy that kept... Uh, Rah Rahab, not the spy. The prostitute that kept the spies when they're spying out the city. Rahab, we're going to go mid. Deborah. Deborah. The Deliverer, correct? Deborah. She was one of the de Deliverers and Judges. Yeah, 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 yeah. She helped the spies. Yep, it was the prostitute that... She was the prostitute, correct? She was the prostitute that let the spies stay over. Um, yeah, for sure. Deborah, I'm going to go mid. Gideon, my guy. Gideon had an army of 30,000. God said there's too many. The army went down to 10,000. God said there's still too many and tested the men and the army went down to 300 then the men ended up smashing jars waving torches defeated the army and gideon although gideon interesting at the end of his life the people began to worship the idol that gideon set up they began to worship the ephod so gideon had a rough ending but he did he, he did good samson what do you guys think about samson samson was Definitely a man of God and uh, had a rough ending. Some say he was saved. Some say he wasn't. I don't have particular thoughts on it. Samson fell to Delilah, though. I'm going to put Samson in the mid. I should probably have another category. Ruth. Samson's Samson's mid. I, I got to, you know, also, we got to look at the end of the life. A lot of people in the Bible, guys, they, they did not end well. They did not end well. A lot of people in the Old Testament, they did not end well. The end of their life, they ended up losing or turning their backs on god or going off doing something crazy so i would uh yeah i would it's just it it's just sad some of their endings are sad samson was one of those that had an unfortunate unfortunate ending ruth good how could you not say oh you know ruth um no ruth was good hannah mm, we're gonna go hannah mid I gotta go a little quicker here. We'll also be here all night. And I wanna get to the next one as well. Eli. Ruth is great and loyal. Samson repented. Did he though? Did, 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 I need, I need to look at the end of Samson's story. Because, uh, yeah, he was. I don't know. I gotta look more into that. I gotta look more into that. Eli, the priest. Eli, the priest. Now, Eli was the one that told Samuel, go back to bed when he heard from God. Eli was a priest. I'm, guys, it's all coming back to me here. Let me think. I'm not, some of you are like, I thought you were a Bible scholar. I'm working on it here, okay? Eli, hmm. Eli had wicked sons. 
Eli Sons. Let me think. Let me think. My wife said you're not giving the girls enough credit. Oh, man. All right, listen. We'll get some ladies up there. Trust me. We got some ladies. My wife's texting me here. I'm going to get in trouble here, guys. We're going to get some ladies up there. Don't worry. All right, what do you guys think about Eli? Eli, 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 um... He had, he had evil sons. Were his sons Hophni and Phineas? Is that right? Not Phineas and Ferb. Hophni and Phineas, right? And his sons... Um, it's coming to me. Correct me, chat, if I'm wrong. His sons went into battle. My wife's texting me about all the girls that are in the mid-tier right now. <laughs> I know, honey. Don't worry. We're going to get some girls in here. We got to save some room. She's texting about all the girls she's standing up from. Deborah should be higher. All right, you know what? We're moving Deborah to the good tier. Okay, we're moving Deborah to the good tier. My wife's texting me their stories here. Moving her to the good tier. Okay. Okay, okay. Well, we got to get Eli here. We got to get Eli. Okay, so Eli. Eli. Okay, was the priest. His sons were evil. They went in. I know what happened. They took the Ark into the fight, thinking that the Ark was going to help them overcome, even though they were in sin. And then the Ark got stolen from Eli's sons. He was a bad dad. He, he had wicked sons, even though he was a priest. Honey, Alyssa, I just put her higher for you, okay? Getting in trouble here. All right, Eli, we're going to put Eli in the mid-tier. Samuel, Samuel the young prophet. Samuel, in my opinion, came and warned King Saul. I would say Samuel... Oh, man. The Bible says he was a prophet where none of his words fell to the ground. Best of the best. How could we not put Samuel in the best of the best? None of his words fell to the ground. He was that much of a prophet. Lived right until the end of his life. What do you guys think about Saul? I think this is King Saul, right? Yeah, this is King Saul. Is this all Old Testament? This is all old. No, it's no, it's not. It's not. It's not. Okay. Samuel has to be best of the best. Come on now. Shout out to Samuel, the prophet that never, that words never fell to the ground. Saul's bad. Everyone's saying Saul's bad. Saul Saul did a lot of bad stuff. Let's just be honest. Saul did a lot of bad stuff. Saul bad. Everyone's saying Saul's bad. We're going to put Saul in the bad. He did not lead the people right. Jonathan. Not a lot. Some of these people in the mid just don't have a lot in scripture. Jonathan, son of Saul, became friends with David. We're going to put him in the mid tier. Adam, what do you guys think about Adam? Adam, <laughs> I hate to say it, but Adam literally caused all of mankind to fall. Adam gives in, doesn't stand up for his wife. The Bible says because of the sin of Adam, sin sped through all man, but because Jesus, the second Adam. I mean, what did what good did Adam do? Really, like, I know I'm missing stuff here. I'm not going to, you know, get the whole story. But I would say Adam did a bad thing. When we say bad, we don't mean like, oh, they're bad. We mean like, you know, they did a bad thing. Adam did a bad thing. I mean, come on. We're still dealing with what Adam's sin. I'm going to put Adam. I'm going to put Adam bad. Someone said, oh, Adam, I want. No, we don't want to be violent towards Adam. We just. He did some bad stuff. Specifically turned his back on God and lied to God and sinned and caused the whole human race to fall. David. We got to put David in the best of the best. Am I being biased at all? Come on, David. Jesus is the son of David, the lineage, the royal lineage. Defeated Goliath. 
Did he have some mess ups? Yeah, he did, but he repented. Adam's going to be mad at you for this. Listen, in heaven, I'll say, hey, it's all good. Goliath, bad. Come on, dude. What do you think you're doing out there? 40 days taunting the people of God? David has to be the best of the best. No one's in the S tier yet. Hmm. Solomon, wisest man that ever lived. Good tier. Elijah, best of the best. Legend. We'll be done with this one soon, guys. We have a fun one coming up next. It's going to stir up. You think this is controversial? Wait for the next one. Elijah, best of the best. Elijah, I mean, you know what? You know what? S tier. We got to do it, chat. We got to do it, chat. S tier for Elijah. I'm reading the chat, by the way. We got to do We got to do S tier for Elijah. Taken up on a chariot. How could that not be S tier? My guy. Never died. Agreed? Okay, good. Everyone type one if you agree. He's S tier. Elisha. Elisha is an absolute legend. Took the mantle. Best of the best, for sure. Moses is S tier. The only reason why I didn't put Moses in the S tier is because Moses, at the end of his life, he, he, uh, God literally showed him the promised land and said, you're never going to enter because you struck the rock. You disobeyed me. Not only that, I mean, 40 years in the wilderness, I don't want to judge the guy, but at some point you have to be like, okay, we got to do something different here. We've been 40 years here. We got to change this up. We got, we got to change this up. So that's why, that's why he's not in the S tier. Oh, that's why, um, yeah, Moses is best of best in the S tier. Elisha. Yeah, Elisha's S tier too. The reason why Elijah's in the S tier is because he got taken up by a chariot of fire. Him and Enoch are the only two Bible people in scripture that didn't die. Jezebel, what are you doing here? Listen, I'm the, don't get mad that I'm raiding the ladies low. Jezebel, what Jezebel, what are you doing out here? Bad. Jezebel's in the L tier. Should I make an L tier? No, that's for sure Jezebel. Noah's S tier. We're not at Noah yet, guys. We're getting through him. Ahab. Ahab, you're bad. Jezebel's bad. Ahab bad. God, and I'm 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 guessing this referring to God the Father, because Jesus is next to him. S tier, no question about it. No question about it. Jesus, S tier, no question about it. Don't even think about it. Jesus, the Son of God, fully man, fully God, divine. We don't, those were just right past. Don't worry, guys. The next list is going to be, trust me, it's going to get, it's going to get, the chat's going to get very, very controversial. Very, very, just, just, just wait. It's going to get very wild up in the chat. If you think this is wild, you just wait. S tier. All right. Nehemiah rebuilt the wall. Nehemiah's, Nehemiah, I like Nehemiah a lot. Good tier for me. Guys, remember, this is my tier list, okay? I'm, all, I'm also taking your opinion, but don't get mad at me if you're like, Nehemiah should be, or Jonathan, this is this is the list according to my thoughts on some of these stories. Nehemiah's good tier. Good, okay, we all agree. Eve, bad. Why? All of you ladies that have given birth, just go ahead and thank Eve because you'd have no pain if it wasn't for Eve. So Eve, I mean, oh man. Eve is just, I don't know what to say. That was, a, that was a big mistake there. Listening to the snake. We have respect for every one of these characters, but, you know. Well, I don't know if I've, I don't really have any respect for, you know, Goliath. 
I don't have any spec. He's definitely a bad guy, but you know, or Jezebel or Ahab. Esther. All right, ladies. I need all the ladies in the chat. I need all the ladies in the chat. I'm losing points with my wife putting these ladies lower. All the ladies in the chat, where are you at? Where does Esther go? Is e e all the Esthers are saying S tier. I mean, all the chat, all the Esthers, all the chat saying S tier. What are we saying, ladies? I say best of the best. I mean, honestly, if we're being honest, hmm. If we're being honest, Esther might be S tier, honestly. If we're being honest, hmm. S tier. I'm gonna have to put Esther in the S tier. See, ladies, I'm not doing that as a courtesy because all the other ladies are low. Esther, her story to go before the king, then the story is just totally prophetic, but to go before the king on behalf and save her people and risk her life, literally risk her life to save her people. That's S tier. That's S tier obedience. That's a W. That's W Esther in the chat, if you know what I'm saying. Mordecai. Mordecai, Mordecai. I'm gonna do Mordecai. That's Esther. Guys, again, I'm brushing up. I'm I'm looking at this the same as you. I haven't studied this. I didn't look up names of people, except for earlier, <laughs> Laban. But I'm looking at this with you guys as well. What do we think about Mordecai? Wait, Mordecai? Am I thinking of the wrong person? Uh. Mordecai was Esther's uncle, correct? Haman was the one that wanted Mordecai dead. Am I wrong? Am I, my name's mixed up? Oh, it's her uncle. Okay, okay. Thank you, Alyssa. Alyssa, I'm just gonna have my text open. If you're sitting with your mom, I'm sure she knows all these stories incredibly well. Okay, okay, okay. I was confused. That's what I thought. Mordecai, good. Haman was the one that wanted to kill Mordecai. Haman, bad. That's what it was. Okay, 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 chat. I got you. Job. Job. Oh, what do we think about Job? Job, the man, the legend. The chat's delayed a little bit. So if you see bad, it's not for Job. Is Job S tier? Whew. How, guys, all right, hold on. Let me just think about this. You lose all your kids, all your servants, all your property, all your land. Every, you lose everything. You literally lose everything. Your friends say, dude, just curse God. Your wife says, curse God. And he says, I'll curse. Naked I came and naked I came out. I'll curse anything but God. They said, cursed is your day you are born. 30 something, 40 chapters, his friends talking him out of it. And he still serves God. And then God returns 10 back to him. S tier. We have to put Job in the S tier. Who, who would do that? Who would literally do that? Job is for sure S tier. Boils. Oh, with the boils. Job is straight up to the S tier. Brittany said, yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. W Job in the chat. Someone said Job's a giga chad. For sure, for sure, for sure. And Boyles. Job's an S tier. Okay. All right, S tier. Isaiah. Come on, chat. Come on, please let me put him in the S tier. Please let me put him in the S tier. What do we think about Isaiah? Best of the best. I can't be biased and put him in the S tier. Job dissed his own wife over God. Y'all are... <laughs> Y'all are just saying put J Isaiah in the S tier because my name is Isaiah. No, he's... N I can't put him in the S tier. He was an amazing prophet. Prop... Well, actually, you know what? Hold on. Hold on. 
This is, by the way, the prophet Isaiah, not the YouTuber Isaiah. Hold on. We might have to put Isaiah in the S tier because... Why do you think I'm saying it? Not because he's my name. I know why we have to do it. We have to do it because he prophesied Jesus. Gotta. We have to. S tier. Everyone's saying S tier. Isaiah deserves the S tier. Isaiah the goat. We have to. We got to put Isaiah in the S tier because he prophesied the Savior. He prophesied Jesus. Absolutely. Prophesied the Messiah. He's for sure S tier. Jeremiah, best of the best. Absolute legend. Absolute legend. The biased smile. Listen, what can I say? What can I say? What can I say? Okay, listen, it's not because it's my name. It's because he prophesied the Messiah. That's literally why I put him in S tier. Prophesied Jesus. Daniel. Do you know there is no record in the Bible? And this is just random Bible facts while we're here. Do you know there's no record in the Bible of Daniel sinning? I think he's one of the only people in the Bible. There's no record of Daniel ever making mistakes. Sin, none of that. So Daniel, best of the best. I want to ask your Daniel. Hold on, let me think. What do you guys think? If you guys can, yeah. What do you think? Daniel's S tier. Daniel's top tier. Okay, Daniel's S tier. The S tier is filling up. We're getting some good heavy hitters here. Jeremiah's for sure best of the best. Daniel's best of the best. Daniel's S tier with the Den of Lions. Uh, Daniel's, Daniel's an absolute legend. I can't wait to talk to Daniel in heaven. Thrown in the Den of Lions. They told him, you keep praying. Well, kept praying. Never, nothing, come on. Daniel cheated? No, he didn't. He never cheated. What do you mean Daniel cheated? Where, when did Daniel cheat? Nebuchadnezzar. Huge L. Trying to make everyone bow down to your trap music. That's a huge L. Bad. Nebuchadnezzar. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Oh! Absolute legends. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What do you guys think? I'm reading the chat here. I'm reading the chat. Hmm. Let me think. Hmm. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's a, I feel like it has to be S tier. I feel like it has to be uh, S tier. S tier. We got it. We got it. We got it. Absolute legends. Okay, Jonah. I have mixed feelings on Jonah. Jonah gets the word of God, takes a ship in the exact opposite direction, tells the people, throw me off the ship. I'm the reason why the storm's here. Gets swallowed by a fish. Finally cries out to God. We don't see Jonah crying out or repenting at all until he's in the belly of a fish. Gets spit out onto the shore of Nineveh. Tells them God's going to destroy the city. The city repents. Jonah gets mad and says, oh, why would you spare them, God? You told me you are going to destroy them. Hides under a tree. Uh, I don't know. Jonah's mad at me. Mid. Jonah's mid. Jonah, Jonah's very cool story, but he, uh, he had a bad attitude. Didn't want, yeah. Kane, Kane's bad. First murder. Kane literally is the first person to murder someone in the Bible. Honestly, though, hmm. I'm not gonna, I don't, I'm not probably gonna move Kane, but if you just think about it, was, was he the first murder? Am I, I think I'm, mis- am I mistaken? Or is the first murder in the Bible records? I'll just say, if he was the first person to ever murder somebody, but I, I, I'm not 100% on that, then he was probably didn't even know what murder was. He was probably like, what? Wake up. And then, you know, so I don't know. But let's just keep him in bad because killed his brother. I mean, come on. 
Satan, come on. L. Satan's a loser. First murder ever in scripture. Yeah, okay. Satan, I don't have to even talk about him. He's just a complete L. Satan just took takes L's nonstop. His whole existence is an L. Literally lost. Mary. There's a comment I want to make, but I won't make it. Where are we putting Mary? Best of the best. I mean, come on. You know what? What am I saying? S tier. What am I saying? Hold on. That was... How would, how would I go best of the best? Mary literally carries the Messiah. Everybody goes, oh, Mary, you... Imagine the ridicule Mary had to take. S tier. By far. By far. Not best of the best. Not good. S tier. S tier. For sure. Carries the Messiah, obeys God. Wow. That's Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Joseph, Jesus' dad, S tier. Joseph, think about this. Mary says, Joseph, I'm pregnant. The Holy Spirit impregnated me. And Joseph believes her. God gives Joseph dreams to save Jesus' life three times. Joseph raises God as Joseph being the father, but not not his actual father come on joseph no doubt you know what? let me make sure these are in the right oh i guess i can't switch it now no doubt no doubt that joseph is s tier paul what can we s tier you got to have him there's no question about that we're gonna go like a couple more minutes guys and then we're gonna move into the we're gonna move into the um next one john the baptist now we just have the whole S tiers here. Best of the best. For sure, best of the best. Pilot. Bad. Judas. Man, Judas. Sad story. Bad. First martyr in the book of Acts, S tier. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Stephen, the first martyr. Stoned to death while praising God, looking at Jesus at the right hand, saying, forgive them. S tier. Paul has to be S tier. He wrote two thirds of the New Testament. Come on now. Let's let's be honest here. Some of you are saying Paul is best of best. Come on now. Let's be honest. Stevens for sure S tier. Timothy, best of the best. For sure. Look at Paul next to him. I like these little pictures too. These are obviously they don't look like this, but these are good. Silas. I'm gonna put Silas in good. Abel, I mean, what did Abel even do? I mean, he, he gave God the offering God asked for. I'm going to put a- Abel in the good tier. Mary Magdalene. Guys, I'm not trying to rate the ladies low. I hope you know that. Uh, Silas was one of the disciples. Paul and Silas traveled together. Pilate didn't want to crucify Jesus. Uh, but ultimately, Pilate was not a good guy. He was not a good guy. Like, forget about him crucifying Jesus. Let's just talk about all the stuff he did in Rome. Um, Mary Magdalene. Mid. Peter. Best of the best. Come on, Peter. Preaching Acts chapter 2. Magdalene. Okay, we're going to move Mary Magdalene up. A lot of you are saying Mary Magdalene is good. Mary better than Silas. Okay, okay. I put her, I put it a good. I put her a good. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I rated her bad. That was a bad rating. Herod. Bad. Look at all these bad guys down here. John. Absolute legend. 
Absolute legend. History says they tried boiling him with oil, couldn't. Exiled him to Patmos. He wrote my two favorite books in the whole Bible, the book of John and the book of Revelation. How could we not S tier? Everyone's saying Alyssa, thank you. Wait, is Alyssa in the chat? I, I need to move the chat over here. Where's Alyssa at? All right, we're going to do another tier list in a second. And trust me, it's going to get spicy. Let's just say that, okay? I need you guys' reactions when you see the next tier list. All right. Zacharias. Uh, Zacharias was good. Elizabeth. Good. The Antichrist, bad. Do we even have to talk about him? The False Prophet, bad. Noah, absolute S tier. Absolute legend. When everyone else in the world was bad, guys, share this broadcast, okay? And like it, please, because we've already had a rough night of crashes. When everyone else is bad, Noah decides to build an ark. Absolute S tier. 100 years, and everyone calls him crazy. He's preaching repentance. He's preaching, well, not necessarily repentance. Well, yeah, he was, but righteousness. Preacher of righteousness and judgment. Well, everyone's calling him crazy for 100 years when it's never rained before building a boat. Absolute S tier. W Noah in the chat. All right. Abraham. Father Abraham. Best of the best. Lot. Mid. Sarah. What do you guys think about Sarah? Noah's absolute S tier. Abraham's S tier? Hmm. Abraham to me is best of the best. Everyone's saying Abraham S. Some are saying mid tier. Sarah. I'm going to do good tier. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go on to our next tier list. That is our Bible. I hope you had fun if you like this. I hope, you know, type one if you like this type of content, just having fun in the chat. We sit and talk to you guys anyways the whole time for an hour, so we might as well have some fun too. Um, I think I'm pretty sure, pretty sure I'm the first person that's ever rated Bible ranked Bible characters, but there's our rank. Esther, Elijah, obviously God and Jesus, Esther, Job, Isaiah, and that's God the Father, by the way, okay? Jesus is God, let's be clear. Bro, so fun. Okay, I'm glad you liked it. I was very nervous about doing this. Job, S tier. Isaiah, S tier. Prophesy the Messiah. Daniel, S tier. Lion's Den, Never Sin. Jadrick, Michigan, Bendigo, S tier. Thrown in a fire? Come on. Mary, birthed the Messiah, S tier. Joseph, father of Jesus, earthly father, S tier. Paul, S tier. Stephen, first martyr, S tier. John, wrote Revelation and John. Two of the best books in the Bible. Come on. S tier, Noah, S tier. All right, that's our Bible ranking. Are you guys ready for the next one? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.